Burn, baby, burn. The Reichstag Fire. You need to listen to this podcast alongside the conspiracy that never was about the Night of the Long Knives to understand how Hitler managed to consolidate his hold on power. At the beginning of 1933, Adolf Hitler had become Chancellor of Germany. But what he didn't have was control. He didn't even have many seats on the cabinet and he certainly didn't have a majority in the Reichstag. So he had a small measure of power but not enough to remake the state into the Nazi image that he wanted. A new election was called for March 1933, and the streets of Germany rang with speeches. There were rallies, torchlight processions, the full propaganda value of everything the Nazi party could do. But the German people were suffering what can best be described as election fatigue. There were worrying signs that the popular support for the Nazi party had maybe peaked and was now starting to just dribble away. In this situation, it seemed likely that Hitler might actually lose the position he'd just managed to gain. And then, something happened. It's one of the ironies of history that Hitler always maintained that he had been sent by providence. He was guided by the hand of providence, by divine will, to ensure that he made Germany great again. And every so often, just when he needed it, he would get a phenomenal stroke of luck. And this time, his phenomenal stroke of luck comes on the 27th of February. On the night of the 27th of February, 1933, the Reichstag the Parliament building of Germany, burns down. Hitler immediately announces that this is the start of a communist uprising, a plot to topple the government and take over the country. President Hindenburg passes an emergency decree for the protection of the people and the state. In this sudden, febrile, feverish atmosphere, the election of March the 5th sees an upswing of support for the Nazis and the nationalists. The Nazis still don't win a majority by themselves, but by forming a coalition with the nationalist parties, they have enough seats in the Reichstag to have full control. They very quickly outlaw the Communist Party, followed by all of the other political parties. This then gives Hitler the opportunity to use the SS and the SA in order to intimidate the Reichstag to pass the Enabling Act. The Enabling Act makes Hitler a virtual dictator in Germany, able to pass laws simply on his say-so. All of this, all of this, comes to pass because of the communist uprising, the attempt by the communists to take over the state, signaled by the burning down of the Reichstag. But did they? Was it actually a case of divine will? The Reichstag fire is one of those lovely examples of history changing right before your eyes. If you go back to the 1930s in Germany, it's pretty clear for everybody in Germany Who's responsible for the fire? It is, after all, incredibly convenient. It gives Hitler exactly the excuse he needs. It's a very small step from there to people start saying, well, it was him. 
And for the next 20, 30 years, that was the historical consensus. However, a closer look at the evidence gives us a few more bits and pieces. For example, just before 9pm on the 27th of February, a theology student called Hans Flotter is crossing the square in front of the Reichstag and he hears the noise of breaking glass. And he goes to the window and he looks through and he sees a figure moving. He calls a nearby policeman. They go over, they look through the window, they see a shadowy figure moving, but they also see flames. Very quickly, the person inside is arrested. The fire service turn up and go to the wrong door. They can't get into the building. They can't put out the fire. It takes them much longer to deal with the issue than it should have done. What looks like conspiracy becomes clearly incompetence. So who actually started the Reichstag fire? He was a young man called Marius van der Lubbe. He was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia, and he was a communist. And he thought that what he was doing was indeed sparking off a communist revolution, but he was working on his own. There was nobody listening. There was nobody to lead the charge once he'd lit the way with the burning fires of the Reichstag. He was just a disturbed young man who thought he was finding a way to challenge the Nazis who'd just won the election. So did Hitler know? A journalist was having dinner with Goebbels and Hitler on the evening when they got the message about the Reichstag and went there, and he tagged along. He's a British journalist, and he was convinced that Hitler honestly believed that this was the signal for a communist uprising, that this was a revolution. So, there you have it. Whether Hitler knew that it wasn't anything and simply saw the advantage and took it, whether he genuinely believed that it was a communist uprising, it doesn't really matter. The end result was the same. The Reichstag fire sets in motion all of the political machinations that allow Hitler to gain control of the Reichstag and eventually become dictator. Of course, he doesn't yet have control of all of the main power blocks in German society. That will require something slightly more... violent. So, the important facts to remember. The Nazis do not have a majority in the Reichstag. A new election is called for March 1933. On the 27th of February 1933, the Reichstag is burnt down by a young communist called Marius van der Lue. Hitler says that this is a communist plot... An emergency decree is passed, which gives Hitler more political control. On March the 5th, in the new elections, the Nazis and the Nationalists gain a majority between them. They very quickly outlaw the Communists and other political parties. The Reichstag then passes the Enabling Act, which makes Hitler a virtual dictator. Thank you for listening and good luck on your exams. What I heard somebody say.